Good evening, everyone, and welcome. We are Random Encounter Productions. I'm Cody Stone, and with me tonight we have... Matthew, and I'm playing Clever Stitch, the Tabaxi Arcane Archer. I think I'm next. I'm Tom, uh, and I will be playing uh, Navi, the Fighter Warlock Half-Elf. There you go. There you go, there you go. Well, uh, normally, I'm Maz playing Talroth Oakenblade. Um, we'll see what happens. You're not wrong. Uh, my name is Carlos. I will be playing Thosen Fahrenheit, the half-orc tiefling forge cleric. And I'm Kez, and I'm playing the second half of the Beefling squad, Treasure Nightcrafter, the tiefling barbarian. And the bottom, like always. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Super glad to have you guys here. Thank you for the follow. And we are super excited to get into tonight's adventure. But before we do that, we do have a couple of quick announcements. Uh, Matthew, would you like to tell us about Norse Foundry? Norse Foundry, would I ever? Our friends and yours, Norse Foundry, are our sponsors for this uh, for this game. They're amazing. They sell dice and dice-adjacent things. Anything and everything you could need, they sell it, whether it be dice, uh, dice trays, dice boxes, dice everything. Get all of your dice needs there. Um, and not only can you get anything and everything that you ever wanted there, however, you can also use our code REPRPG, again, that's R-E-P-R-P-G, to get 15% off of your entire order, which whenever you're buying dice for all of you and your Dice Goblin friends can be a really decent chunk of change, especially for the high-quality dice that Norris Foundry sells. So use the code REPRPG, again, that is R-E-P-R-P-G, to get 15% off of your entire order. Very, very cool. Thank you so, so much. Uh, Carlos, uh, what's up with the Junk Drawer Show? Uh, yeah, so Junk Drawer Show is trying to prevent Ragnarok, and there was a three-month skip that apparently none of us remember. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find out what happens after that, go ahead and check us out. You can find all of our social media outlets, such as Twitch, Twitter, all that jazz, on uh, thejunkdrawershow.com. All right, great time to jump in over there. And uh, Tom... You're you're joining us from a wiki game RPG, right? Tell us about that. Thank you ever so much for having me. Yeah, I'm usually um, skulking about over on Wiki Game RPG. We have just started our second full-length campaign. I self say full-length. It's kind of not, but, uh, but you know, it's a nice sort of chunk. Um, it's called The Lighthouse of Isidos. Um, three uh, would-be adventurers have... Uh, taken a job at um, a remote island um, working uh, the arcane lighthouse um, and it's all about the uh, the mysteries that they uncover um, and the um, the the things that from their past that are uh, trying to chase them to the island that was a shit uh synopsis <laughs> it's, it's a lot better than that so come and come and uh, watch it at wiki game rpg um on twitch <laughs> very very cool um so, uh, uh, once i heard lighthouse uh you lost me I, all i heard was scooby-doo after that 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 yeah. was yeah that's what i got yeah lighthouse Absolutely. scooby-doo hey, listen, understand come for scooby-doo but D that's oh. it we we have a pet crab yeah. hey. what more can you want <laughs> 
that that crabby snacks that's it that you you, you nailed it right there done in one uh, <laughs> all right guys um so thank you to everybody for for being here um do, are there any announcements for lance orlando i don't i i didn't think so but i didn't want to put you on the spot or forget you either way lance orlando very cool check them out you can find them on the socials and things like that um i know that a lot of their stuff is up in the air we'll see what uh what happens with them as soon as we know you will know so here we go our adventure takes place in the lands of Lickdracht. they are lands of myth and legend but moreover they are lands of fate they are lands in which the destinies of all are determined by strange workings, by coincidences, by smallest push or pull that can bind or sever character. states, cities, even entire nations. These are the lands of Lictrocht. These are the lands of dragons. And our heroes are the archivists. They were, still are, members of the Magnus Exploratorium, a educational body from the Republic of the Black Gem. Um, making forays into a bold new continent and examining not just the ancient civilizations that are long dead, but the living ones that are here, making allies. They are anthropologists as much as archaeologists. And some of them perhaps thought that the games of destiny, the literal um, playthings that impact lives so deeply might have been left back east, left back in the portion of the continent known as the Great Game, as the field of play, a place where avatars of people's Ideals, ideas, and emotions have manifested in mere deity-like creatures that constantly compete to determine the future. But here in the West, people are thought to be free. Oh, sure, there are dragons. That is what the name is. The land is named for. The dropped is the land of dragons. And there are kings, giants, all manner of other dangers, including those that dwell below. Most recently, our archivists have run afoul and defeated. A small enclave, splinter cell, of mind flayers, Barkanus mind flayers, devouring not just the 
literal brains of this rich city's intellectual hunting ground, but stealing their magics, their expertise, breaking up their families. Killing some of their compatriots. Through a bold sacrifice and a traumatic upheaval of their personage, Saride was able to save most recent ally gained by the Archivist, dwarf by the name of Grizz. However, someone else still remains old. Room of the Empire. Tauroth, their wind blessed rogue. Normally so uh, quiet, stealthy. That one might forget he's there. None are forgotten by fate. Not in the lands of Lickrocht. Not when they are under the influence deck of fate. It is this seemingly innocuous plaything of circular cards, each Betraying a dichotomy of past, future, positive and negative, of good, law and chaos. It's these cards that have begun to knit together errant strands and threads. Some may not see the connection between just yet. But for whatever reason, fate, destiny, or whatever greater design there is, has held Telroth Oak and Blade Spirit. Sort of stasis. Still attuned deck of fate. He lingers. Close by. And these allies. Although. Little worse for wear. Have. Taken up. The last of his quest. To find his brother. That is where we're going to pick up. It is about 18 hours removed from when Tauroth's brain literally sucked from his skull. The hole flesh and bone visible. Although 
tell most try to keep it covered. Scrivers fusses about nearby. He attempts to um, keep Talroth comfortable in some odd way. But he refuses to cover the wound. And occasionally when the wind blows by it, there is a hollow jug-like sound that haunts Little Empire. Formerly happy abode of clip-clopping uh, medieval times-esque uh, entertainment is instead filled with dirges. All supported by a low baritone. Um, Thosin, you know that Saride has shut herself away. There is something, um, she's done her best to explain it to you, although I will say words have perhaps failed her in that endeavor. Grizz has likewise, uh, taken to, um, resting, and cooking, and finding what, what benefit he can. Sorak, for his part is scouring the city. Both portals, should this fail, and a more um, literal endeavor to the outer planes be required. And so it has fallen to you three. Over the past day, what have Clever Stitch, Treasure, and Thosin uh, been doing in this attempt to to find things? Uh, Fable's working with Sirak. Should note that. Um, Thosin, you had something? Sorry. Uh, do, she didn't talk to me at all. About, uh, she, she may she have. Shut off. No, 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 no. I, I, that is between you and her, but but um, so so I leave I, I leave that to you guys to decide exactly how much she she has communicated to you or not. Uh, but what I will say is that she uh, she needs time to pupate, for for lack of a, of a better term, um, as as she goes through her own metamorphosis. Uh, so, so she has, I would say, comparatively, been distant. Got it. Treasure has Talroth's cards in her hands. She's, for the most part, been trying to recoup because she did take some nasty hits during that battle. Uh, sitting in a chair next to the bed where they have Talroth's body. She's got a bandage over part because she almost had her brain sucked out too yeah and underneath that bandage it looks almost like a crescent moon scar over her eyebrow near her horn like the circle didn't quite complete but it's a pretty deep gash 
And even then, despite all her wounds, she kind of hasn't been caring for them, hasn't been minding them as much. She hasn't even found the appetite to eat anything, which for Treasure is pretty dire. But she's been sitting there flipping through the cards like she's trying to understand. Uh, She did remember picking up the one that showed a funeral on one side and Cass on the other, and she's trying to make sense of it. Uh, Cass is depicted in both sides of that card. Um, He's depicted either attending the funeral or um, at in in some form of uh, fate deck contest with uh, with you're not quite sure who's on the other side. It's a little hazy, shifts a little bit. Um, yes, Tauroth. As she'd be flipping through the cards, there would be one of them that would come up. Almost kind of looks like a bit of a memory, maybe maybe. Tauroth might have drawn on this one where it would show him and Treasure just eating something, kind of sharing a meal. Okay. Is uh is the place that they are eating or the type of meal that they are sharing um distinct or special in some way? Not necessarily. Just okay. looks like just that kind of reminder of Eat something. Understood. Understood. There are cards that depict bounty, famine, and uh, simpler meals as well. Um, go ahead. Uh, All right. she- go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Clever Stitch is he because he wasn't down in the fight. Yeah. Um, so almost like after getting Talroth settled and having him like us as a as a group, as soon as the thought kind of passed through all of us that we needed to continue what Talroth was doing. Clever Stitch was out. Okay. And he um, he is a, like, what he comes from doing and how he survived was being an urban bounty hunter. So he knows, in theory, granted, obviously, this is a very different part of the continent than where he was from, but um, in, that's what he's going to use to kind of find some connection to cast. Whether it be, because obviously Tauroth was not able to find Cass that we know of, but trying to find any sort of connection, any sort of lead, any sort of trail that could lead to somebody that has the same description, that seems to be a, like, whatever information we've gotten from Tauroth. Because Matthew does not remember, were we given any information about Cass? Like, not just treasure, but just as a group. How much do we know about Cass? Talroth? Talroth would have definitely talked to Treasure more about it since they've been with each other for much longer. Of course. But for everyone else, 
the last Talroth would have remembered seeing Cass. Uh, Cass is the older brother, and mm-hmm. especially by elf standards, that does that means at least a few decades older. Yeah, but Cass would have had kind of longish blonder hair, of uh, definitely a little more, a, a little more um, concerned about his appearance. Say, at least from what Talroth remembers, mm-hmm. tended to favor gold, uh, bright colors because. He would have been mentioned as the golden child of the village. Oh, okay. But anything beyond that, Tauroth wanted to talk too much about. Treasure okay. would know more um, familial, intimate details about Cass. Got it. Um, do we know, do we as a group know if, because obviously if Cass is setting off by himself into a dangerous territory, or at least theoretically by himself obviously he has to be a competent adventurer do we as a group know if he is more like for in in realm terms like is he more bookish is he more brutish is he like how does he get about i think you did share some of this tauroth especially after um meeting with the ayunga uh, Mm. um of the great plains Thank you for reminding me. I actually did forget about that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I think I think you had uh, maybe not like divulged a hundred percent of the story, but but you you would have definitely shared more about Cass following that event. Um, so so please feel free to remind uh, Matthew in this instance. Because I think I know, but I don't. I want to make sure. Yeah, please. No, yeah, and like I said, that was actually a uh, Mars fault because. I forgot how much I'd mentioned before after the centaurs. Thank yeah. you. But yes, uh, Cass is definitely very book smart. Okay. Uh, he is a trained wizard. And before, Talroth would not have understood what the term blade singer meant. He just knows sure. that Cass was very good at spells, very good at sword play, very good at moving. He was literally that he can do everything. He is the best of us kind gotcha. of person. Okay. Got it. Um, and, and from Tauros' point of view, a lot of that translated to arrogance where, oh, well, I am the great cast reader. I do not need help. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, then Clever Stitch is going to, um, <clears throat> yeah, he, because the way that he kind of found information was by going to not like thieves guild type CD places, but just like everyday person locations. So like mm-hmm. the the tavern that like anybody can go to and get some shitty swill for a like for a copper and like things that places like that. That is where Clever Stitch would find his information, which might not be helpful for finding casts specifically, but for finding some sort of trail is where he's going to start. Okay. Um, there is also one key, and I'm, I'm going to remind you here. There is also one key thing that you know about Cass. Yes. That's what I thought. Yes. You, you, you do know that unless something uh, dramatic and unforeseen has happened, 
that he is in possession of uh, the the Lesser Wind, which is a uh, scimitar of about a short blade length, um, mm-hmm. paired to the Greater Gale, um, and, and and part of a twin uh, a twin scimitar set, right? Yeah. Um, so you you would definitely have that, and that is a a distinct enough feature. Um, so okay. that that is something for you to go off of. Um, do me a favor, clever Stitch, uh, mm-hmm. or uh, Thosen, or what are you up to specifically? Did did you was there some? I don't think we got cut off, or or I switched channels before I finished knowing exactly what Tauroth was was or uh, Thosen was up to. And once I do, I can I can jump back over to. Um, Honestly, I'm not quite sure yet. That's so fine. I am okay with kind of like assisting Stitch and uh, Treasure. Okay. If I can in any way. Okay. Um, as of now, and if I can think of anything off the top of my head, I'll let you know. Okay. That that sounds that sounds good. Yeah, we can. Um... I think he's more worried about Sarai, but trying to keep his mind off of it. Right. He understands that she needs some time alone. He's yeah. going to try to like, almost like, let's go into work and not think about. Yeah, home be- right now. because in this, in this exact moment, there is there's nothing you can do to um, to help her. Right. Now. Is is treasure our treasure and Saride in the same building? Yes. Okay. So, if you're just trying to hang out, then being near treasure would at least keep you local. Yeah, then I would definitely assist with, like, her wounds where I can. Um, you know, whether it's casting cure wounds or whatever it may be. Okay. Just to, you know, ease. And I'm assuming, like, as much as I try to heal, the scar is going to be there, so. Yeah, scarring um, is more of a medicine check because uh, medicine has to be for something in this system. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, in, until you get to until you get to like regeneration or heal, like six level spells, lingering effects are uh, are prevalent and present. So, yeah. yeah, like that's I'll be with Treasure then just to make sure that she's okay, and I know that she's doing her thing, but mm-hmm. also making sure that she doesn't pass out on me. Uh, she's, I mean, it's been some time. It, those and definitely pumped the healing spells in. Mm-hmm. Um, she's looking at the card. Obviously, I'm sure Talroth has pumped a few out with food on it at this point. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do I notice this on the cards that she does that? Yeah. Make a um, make a perception check. You can use your passive as a floor. Um, Treasure. I don't think you're in the state of mind to necessarily um attempt to hide that on the cards so i'm not good at it to begin with and i'm worse at it now <laughs> sure absolutely. absolutely i would if i noticed this i would probably tell her i'm like you know there's a reoccurring um pattern that gives pot cream out on those cards have you eaten anything uh n- not since before we went down there 
Do you want to come with me? Or I can bring you food. And she looks over to Talroth for a few seconds. She's just kind of thumbing the cards. And she's like... I'll bring you food. Thanks. And I'll walk out and close the door softly and do that. Uh, Clever Stitch, make me a investigation check. Uh, or survival. I'll take either one, whichever one's better for you. And I'll give you advantage for your background for Urban Bounty Hunter. Is there a, uh, what does your background feature say? So the background feature is ear to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are in frequent contact with people in the segment of society that your chosen quarry moves through. These people might be associated with the criminal underground, the rough-and-tumble folk of the street, or are members of high society. This connection comes in the form of a contact in any city you visit, a person who provides information about the people and places of the local area. And so for him specifically, I think his, like, where he has found success in, in finding information has been with those, like, everyday people taverns yeah. and just being able to kind of, like, talk to the tavern owner, especially because if Swill and average drinks are a copper here, he knows that dropping a gold will get him everything in the world with this person in specific. Whereas Uh, if he goes somewhere more high and mighty, then he's going to have to drop his entire fucking contract (laughs) just to get like a name. And that's useless. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, please. Go with for it. advantage, that is going to be a 19 investigation. A 19 on investigation. Okay. Yeah. There are... Uh, describe your contact for me. Who, who, who do you think you're talking to? Um. So he is going to be... Let's see. I think he's going to be a, because it's the bartender. So he is, he's a human. He's about five, like nine ish. And he is, he's fairly beefy Mm -hmm. with a, with kind of a, um, a longer beard, but, and he is, uh, he's wearing a, He's wearing uh, a fucking apron, and he has his sleeves rolled up, and is in the middle of rush. Okay. Uh, because this bar, because this tavern is what it is in this city in particular, that doesn't mean a whole lot for him. Sure. There might be like his barmaid might be running around a bit, but he is. Um, he's just got a couple of people at the bar that have been there all day already and are just about passed out, even though it's what like three. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- those those are those are definitely his regulars. Yeah. And he's he's got, you know, he's got the um the mug and he's 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 doing the he's doing yeah. the bartender animation, <laughs> right? Right where he's where he's cleaning it out, you know. Yeah. Um so you've been there with him for a few minutes. You've you've built up a rapport mm-hmm. for sure and you have uh you know, you've dropped a coin or two. Um, even though you haven't, you haven't, uh, necessarily had that much to, to drink. Um, and 
So he's definitely warmed up to you at this point. And so you begin to prod a little bit um, in that direction. Do you ask for, do you ask about cast by name or description or just sort of general intent? For now, um, he will alight description with more of, with more of Cass's perceived personality. Okay. From what he's been told, because I think that that personality would stick out here more than the appearance might. Okay. Although the appearance would also stick out because he's like gold and hoity-toity. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. All right. So, <clears throat> you know, there are some of these. Uh, they call them um, edge types, right? And they come in through town. They're not really part of the school. They don't. Uh, <clears throat> they're not looking to like take classes or anything along those lines. Yeah. But um, there's a pretty interesting bit of a. Uh, underground when it comes to uh, magic here in the town. Of course, you know, there's there's the bells and there's the school and all of those other districts, but just beneath the surface of it. And there's no thieves guild. At least not, not the way um, you'd think of it, right? Alright. But there are uh there's a group of them around here. Their place moves around, but here, let me show you. And he takes out this um, bit of paper, and he kind of mm-hmm. scribes out a um, an arcane symbol. Um, and it it is pretty innocuous, and it's almost um, he, he shows it to you. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he um, because even even the bartender here is magic. Right. He, he um, grabs a rod and he sort of um, Benihana salt shaker taps it right on onto the paper. And it lays over this this brick pattern. Right. And he shows it to you again. Yes. Now, if you look at it, and he basically teaches you how to do like a magic eye poster. On uh, on this, yeah. <laughs> on the, and and he and he's like, so this, so if you're looking at some of the buildings and places where you see these cobblestones, right? And if you kind of uh-huh. get the right look at it, these always point to the establishment. All right, and that's right. what a, what a lot of these guys here do. They gather up, they share their research, things that the school wouldn't understand. Some of them get together. Sure, sure, sure. They pay off students. They buy things. Maybe they do a term paper for them. I don't know what they do. But they start extracting all of this information, right? And then they start all doing right. with it what they want to do with it. Now, yeah. your, your man, absolutely. This is the point is where he is going to be at. All right. I mean, if he's not there, somebody there knows him. Yeah. That's for sure. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So you take friend. You take care, friend. Thank you so much. You you as well. And then he will drop another three gold down just to 
Keep him quiet. Abs- oh yeah, absolutely. And he 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 gobbles it up. Uh, it, you know, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, and then he will. Uh, Clever Stitch will hang out for a couple of minutes and then uh, go back towards the inn. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, you gather up this information. Um, are you going to take the team with you for, yes. for this? Okay, good. Um, so I'm going to let you, yeah. I'm going to say um, you guys, ra- go ahead, go ahead. No, go, go. Uh, I think it's a pretty quick decision for you guys to rally the troops and get going. Right. Yeah. Okay. No offense. We'll, we, we've got a lot to do tonight, so I'm going to make sure we get through there. She's made it halfway through a cinnamon bun. She's good. All right. Ab- you can take it with you. <laughs> Absolutely. You can eat while travels. Yeah, t- take it on the road. It's a cinnamon bun. <laughs> so. Uh, that's what he did there. Okay. Um, you guys hit the streets. You begin to find all of these... Um, these points around town you're following all all of the things and you um three of you come to back alley and behind one of the the magically tended to uh like garbage cans that is there there is this um small little uh, descent right underneath this this building and um, at the bottom of it, there is kind of a, there's no clearly visible door, but there's, I think you see like a little slide, right? Where, where like a bouncer would kind of be in the, on the inside of. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you guys like to do? Um, I'll just knock on the door or I'll just knock next to the slide. Okay. Um, there's... Wait a minute. When you knock on it, it just feels very heavy. Like, very much like like stone. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, after a moment, there's a... Yes? I've been told that this is the place to come to if you want information that the schools won't and out. Is that correct? Or... Maybe. Told what it takes to get in. I'm hoping knocking on the door. But I would assume there's more than that. There's a little more than that. How much more are we talking? How important is it for you to get in? Um, he will reach into his, into the haversack and, um, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Um, and he'll, he'll pull out a few gold and as he does so, um, Actually, he will that that arcane symbol 
-hmm. that he saw earlier, he's going to use prestidigit. He's going to pull out a gold and wipe his hands like this mm -hmm. and use prestidigitation to make that arcane. Just a, obviously just a picture of the arcane mark appear on the coin. Okay. Um, and then flash it. Okay. And uh, there's more where this came from, friend. All right. He kind of reaches his fingers through. And he'll take it, and you see him kind of bite it. And then uh, he closes the slide. And a few moments later, you hear the, the a rumbling of, of stone. And um, and then it, it begins to slide open. Come on in. All right. And then he'll nod to the beeflings. And he sees that there's more than one of you at this point, And he's like, but, uh, no, oh, oh, no, that was... Well, I'm pretty sure Treasure and I will be standing right behind Clever Stitch, arms crossed, sizing him up. <laughs> Yeah, and dude's not that big. Like he's he's got some tricks here, but he's like, uh, uh, he's just gonna grumble to himself about it. That is the correct answer. So. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys make your way inside. It is. It is lush. It is extra dimensional for sure. Um. There are some classic sort of bar games, right? Billiards and cards and, and uh, crocodile and, um, and darts and things like that. Each of them mostly done with sort of ephemeral components, right? Um, there's, no, there's no wall of cues for you to... There's no, like, rack of them for you to grab one off the wall. If, if you can't transmute your own... Uh, sure. You know, you you don't you don't get one. You don't play, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> gotcha. That's sort of sort of the deal. <laughs> so good. Um, it is early evening. Um, early bird special dinner time, right? Um, maybe a little later. But the place is is pretty busy. Um, and as they look over at you. First of all, at, when the door opens, everyone stops. Everyone stops and looks. A fair number of them go back. A chunk of them don't to what they're doing. And you get the feeling that um, strangers here definitely have to earn their their trust. Yeah. Um, what would you guys like to do? Treasure walks in. This is very similar to home. With an attitude like she owns the place. Okay. Because that's how you did back in Jalen. That that is that is how the Jalen did. Um, um Treasure, make me a uh I'll take either performance or persuasion check. I has the persuasion, so I will do that. Alright, let's go with persuasion. Wow. That's a natural 19 plus 8. All right. Yeah, there's a flutter of wind at your back as uh, as your hair gets this sort of epic kind of uh kind of look uh to it. Um Yeah, people people sort of acknowledge it. They 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 see it. They're good. they're about it. 
Um, Clever Stitch, what are you up to? Uh, was there is there a bartender? Yeah, there is. Straight up to that. Okay. As you come over, you get the look at it, and it is um, it is perhaps one of the best um, flesh columns that you've ever seen pieced together. Um, the stitching on it is uh, is um, plastic surgeon good, and there's hardly a, a, a stutter. In its movement, um, there it it seems um, it's like talking to a uh, sort of a computer. Like you know, it's it's got a chunk of like pre-programmed responses here. Um, oh, but it is it's not useless. Okay. It it knows who everybody is, and it it will still converse with you a, a to an extent. Right, but you definitely get the feeling that it, it's not uh, it's not intelligent, right? It's not it's not free thinking. Um can I have uh what's what's on the special tonight? On the special tonight we have a, a delightful Droctian sunrise. Here we are. And and they'll sort of begin uh, moving about and and preparing it. Uh, make it three of them. Four, actually. Four it is. And begins, it's a, it's a layered drink, right? And, and red and yellow and, and sort of a skyline of, of light, light blue. Um, it's very tasty. Um, and, and done with a, uh, a precision and, and flair that is intended to show off the craftsmanship and skill. For sure. Yeah. What else can I get you? Um, I'm looking for information on a weapon and more specifically its wielder. Um, <clears throat> you might have... I hear that this is the place to get information. I'm looking for the lesser wind. You can tell it kind of blanks out. It doesn't yeah. recognize the name. Um, right. Tarvin. Oh, Narvi. A, um, Narvi. Make me a perception check. Okay. Uh, first roll of the game. Terrible. 15. 15. All right. The music is low. These people have definitely made an entrance. And more importantly, anybody that was between you and them has more for the protection of their own secrets uh, sort of skittered to the sides, to the fringes of, of the bar, back to their booths or in the back corners. Any uh, plans or designs or books, librums, scrolls, arcane... Um, uh, Diagrams have been rolled back up off of the pool tables and sort of pushed to the back. Um, Narvi, you've been here in Kerdayan about as long as you can remember. It doesn't say a lot because you don't remember 
a whole lot. Um, however, the wind, the name Lesser Wind, does strike a um, does strike a note. Uh, you you have some ideas about what you want to do uh, and what you need to do, and you're they don't they're not always the same. Um, but you've been here for at least a few months okay. in Cardian. Um as your memory has slowly been improving. So there is uh this is almost a elated moment because you're remembering something that you can actually pinpoint that you actually have modern and present experience with and recall of. So, um, if you'd like to approach them, you can, or you can sit and wait and see see what else they they have to ask and or offer. I mean, not to be that dick, but uh, <laughs> I think. Um... Uh, Navi has been sitting almost transfixed on this um, flesh golem for the entirety of his time here, uh, kind of just watching it move and uh, watching uh, it speak to other people and watching its movements specifically when uh, other people aren't sort of talking to it. Um, yeah. Uh, like really, really quite intently. Um, and when he hears this... Um, his um his attention focuses on in on these three um books them up and down the good old ocular pat down um as you do that uh why don't we get a description from clever stitch those in treasure please um if uh the oh, oh sorry the, the three of you sorry yeah please yeah the people you're looking at first <laughs> clever stitch so clever stitch is a um he's a snow leopard tabaxi um he is about five eight and he is um like snow leopards you can't ever tell quite how large they are just because the fur is so much um, but he is in, uh, actually, is he still wearing, yes, he is. I forgot which tattoo he took, but he is wearing, um, studded leather armor, has a very large longbow slung over, like, on his back. And then, um, also a shield is back there and a sword on his hip. So he is, like, decked out. Um, and, uh... Specifically, a couple of things that stand out about him is he has, like, a nick in his ear that's missing, a nick in his eyebrow. Like, he definitely has obviously been through some stuff. And then on top of that, also, on his right arm, instead of where it's normally the spots that come with snow leopards, the black has kind of turned into these tendrily, like, inky tendrils down one his shoulder and down one arm. Okay, great. That's him. Thosin. Uh Yeah, so Thosin, when you first look at him, you see this green-skinned... It looks like a half-orc at first, and then you notice these two horns that come from his brow, 
and start going straight back and this long thick tail um he's about six three uh what like now his hair has turned white completely about chest length towards one side shaved on the other um he's wearing full adamantine armor um you'll see the tusks and in the sigil of his shield you'll see an anvil um it and a mace strapped to his side uh a lot of it is covered in armor but the parts that you do see all over his entire right side is a huge burn scar that by your guesstimation could be his entire right side of his body from what you can see and um his right eye is like glassed and fogged over from damage as well uh but that makes up one half of the beefling squad he's very built he's a working man he's a you can tell that this man works hard physically doesn't skip let day (laughs) but yeah that's half of the beefling squad and then part two of the beefling squad would be treasure uh treasure is six feet tall just massive, barbaric-looking tiefling. Solid gold with wild gold hair. She's currently sporting a bandage over part of her forehead, um, kind of hiding some of that with her hair. She has. Uh, she's currently wearing a kind of chainmail bikini top, greaves, um, pants, something similar going on with a chain mail for a skirt. <clears throat> and she has got this look of purpose on her face. Her skin is straight up gold all over her hair. She's got these real like intense light green eyes. Amazing. Um, yeah, I think I, I see these three fairly intimidating-looking uh, people, I think it's fairly safe to say. Um, and um, upon hearing the, 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 the name of, um, of this, this blade, the Lesser Wind, um, I think the, 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 uh, the intent of, of uh, like the direction of my intent has, has changed dramatically. Um, I want to watch these people for a second to uh, see what happens, essentially. Yeah. So, uh, Narvi, you're there watching. Um, Clever Stitch, what, what do you do once you realize the golem doesn't get the proper name? Yeah, so he... Um... <sighs> Perhaps if you haven't heard about the weapon in particular, perhaps you've heard of a... Well, I don't know if he still goes by this, but... Do we know that Cass's, that Cass's last name is Oakenblade? Have we heard a last name for Cass? Uh, Treasure has, yes. Okay. Um, perhaps you've had a Sir Oakenblade come through the bar? Cass, perhaps? Yeah, the um so the the golem does sort of Yes, we are familiar with Oakenblade, a regular here at the 
establishment. One past several months. Hmm. When was the last time that he was here, do you know? I would say... And it sort of filters through yesterday. Yesterday. Alright. Um, and he will look to Treasure and throws in. Treasure's just going to take a seat at the bar, going to cross her legs and just kind of smile as she leans in. But it's that smile that you know she's going to eat somebody <laughs> in a second. Do you think he'll be back in today? We're we're family friends. Oakham Blade does frequent the establishment when they are preparing some bit of business. Business has been up lately. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, maybe we'll stick around here and catch this uh, family friend then. Yeah. And uh, you do, you two do both have a drink. Because I got one for each of us and one for either Cass or anybody that has information for him. Or about him, I should okay. say. All right. So you guys settle in at the bar. Uh, Narvi, you you keep a close eye on them, but you can yeah. see sort of by their stance, there's there's been a hint of a relaxing, right? They're definitely on guard and prepared, but but it seems whatever was immediately, and and you do hear who they're looking for. Another yeah. name that you do um, recognize. Um, can I ask you this? Um, yeah. The, the recognition of the name, does that jolt any uh, kind of uh, visual memories back to me at all? Yes. Um, so the reason he sort of rings a bell, it, it kicks in a couple of memories. You don't know that you've ever talked to him, but you've definitely asked about him a lot. And there is a... Um, there's a particular item on him that you think might be able to help you with what you want to do. And uh, this is the first time that I've actually frequented this bar as well, presumably. It's this particular bar. You may have been in here one other time. Um, and it, and you've been making your way in here more by following other people. Yeah, um, okay. you're, you're, you're pretty keen at watching other people and, um, you know, talking or paying your way past the doorman is clearly not terribly hard. Finding it is, is more the trouble. Um, so you, you've probably been here, I would say maybe two other times. Um, it, but it moves and you don't always know where it goes. And you don't know necessarily how to look for it. Um, so either you follow the people or you just kind of luck into getting here. Great. Um, 
think after a few minutes of watching um, these three um, and assessing that actually there's no immediate kind of danger, um, assessing it in a slow, methodical way that uh, Na'Vi uh, thinks, especially at the moment, um, so soon after. Um, I think Na'Vi stands up and um, kind of slowly walks over to their table and stands there. <laughs> Just sort of stands kind of over the table looking relatively unblinking eyes at all three of the people, one after another. And what does Narvi look like? Um, as uh, this person walks uh, up to you, um, you see a um, rather ramshackly dressed uh, half-elf, um, a pale, pale, uh, almost pallid-looking skin, um, bald head kind of scraped clean of hair. Um, uh, he has... Um, he has uh, large eyes um and a uh, very angular sort of face um with quite a quite a square square jaw he he sort of stands at probably probably about my height so six foot four uh, uh quite a tall man with uh sloping shoulders um that belie the uh the muscle that is uh that is contained under under what is essentially quite a kind of ordinary looking leather kind of Jacket um, that that runs almost to the floor. Um, mm. uh, it, he has uh, he has sort of like a, a shirt underneath, um, or like a you know a, a t-shirt kind of with a with a slight lip to it. Um, and you can see just just as as he starts to move, um, you can see bandages that kind of are uh, running um, up from his neck all the way down to his um, to his uh, wrists. Um, uh, he wear, he carries no weapon, uh, wears no armor, um, and this man, um, grave face, um, looks at the three of you. Turn. Can I help you, friend? We're looking for the owner. A wind. Yeah. He nods, pulling it over in his head. If picks the seat, without looking at any of you, still looks like he's mulling it over. He looks up at you, but a stitch as. will join you. All right. Um, and he will, Clever Stitch will slide the fourth drink over to him. Um, first one's on the house. Do you want it? Kind, but never tasted the same since. And as he as he speaks, you can almost tell that he hasn't used his his voice for 
a long time. It's it, there's the there's gravel. There is kind of a, um, a, a kind of strange idiosyncrasies uh, of of sort of volume uh, and and um, uh, and he kind of after saying that he kind of looks at it for a second, uh, furrows his brow and sort of nods a little bit more and kind of looks up at you and says, um, "I would like to find that's Oakenshield." Sorry, oak and blade. There you go. Other one. Other hand. This is one of them. Um, I think you might be able to help me find them. All right. Um, and Clever Stitch will just like look at Thosin <laughs> and like look at, like, just kind of side eye Thosin and Treasure and be like, are we all good here? <laughs> Are we willing to take this crazy person with us? Catching your expression, knowing you long enough, uh, I just look at him and say, so you're looking for him as well? Yes? Narvi, I'd like you to make a um, perception check, please. Yes, absolutely. And um, I'm going to give you advantage on this. Interesting. Hmm. Uh, first was a 14... And there's a seven, so it's a 15. Okay. The person you followed in here, you followed in here very specifically because you know that they have been meeting with Oakenblade. Um, So so you came with a purpose today, right? You see that... You see that... um, that gentleman who is a pallid colored elf very um very pale perhaps touched by the um by the shadow planes in some uh in some way i don't know if treasure knows that her camera came back on i don't know (laughs) i'm getting the feeling she doesn't uh that's okay um you know that they are an associate of Oakenblade. That they and you've been sort of following them around, and and the reason you um, they catch your attention in this moment is uh, while you've been watching the bartender. Bartender is a direct uh, you get a direct line of sight to the door, and you see them leaving. Uh, they're leaving in a hurried and. Uh, purposeful manner okay i think um uh navi sees, sees this um and not having introduced himself whatsoever <laughs> to the party uh goes um going uh and uh sort of stands up and kind of lumbers in that slightly kind of you know anime style kind of uh sort of stagger um type thing um towards the door um as well if the, the drink has not been drunk, yeah. Stitch will grab it, down it as we leave. Okay. As <laughs> um, pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not I, gonna sit there. As Narvi starts to starts to rise and the, the sliding of the chair along the, the wooden floor does that sort of right. Um the pallet elf will will a very androgynous um entity, they will glance over their shoulder. And seeing uh, that you guys are are 
moving will um, begin to uh, will leave, but um, but they they start to pick up the pace, um, and it's before the door even like closes. You can tell like they were just waiting to get outside before they before they started running. Okay, great. Um, I think uh, seeing that without uh, sorry, pardon kimono slightly. Sorry, team. Uh, this isn't a very team team like thing to do, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but but Navi absolutely uh, just uh, start, like if he sees um, the, the 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 mark sort of start to run, um, he's going to start running as well. I, I look over at Stitch. I'm like, yeah. Um, are we chasing? Like, apparently. And he will, uh, <laughs> Clara Stitch will go outside. How tall are the buildings? Um, on average, um, two stories. Most of them. There are, there are occasionally, uh, ones that are three. And then when you get to the center of town where the actual college is, there's a handful that are maybe four or five. Sure, right. but the ones that we are ninety percent ninety percent of them are two. Okay. Yeah. Once we go outside, Clever Stitch will climb the building. Okay. Um, what I would like everyone we're gonna do is we are going to do a uh, we're gonna do a skill challenge. Um, so uh, athletics, acrobatics, perception. Um, I will take also survival as far as like navigating. Uh, navigating the the streets, or if you have any abilities to like slow them down or cause distractions or thing things like that. But as you guys make your way up on onto the street, and the pallet elf is uh, is clear that they are being pursued. Um, they, you know, they do take off in in earnest now, right? And as they begin to run, um, people that are on the streets, uh, they begin to sort of push them in, into the way, uh, you know, o- overturning cabbage carts if they can. Um, all all of those uh, sorts of uh, of things. So we're going to keep it pretty uh, pretty simple. We are uh, looking for uh, six successes before three failures. Um, so uh, we'll we'll take it in relatively reading order because I think clever stitch be like you get onto the roof and as soon as your your kitty paws hit there you kind of look over um, they are they have hit a sprint and you get the feeling that they've probably expeditious retreat or mm. uh, or you know there's there's a magical Fucking enhancement. Pages. I know, right? There's always something with them. There's some sort of magical enhancement that's definitely yeah. kicking that speed uh, up and forward. Um, okay. What would you like to do? Um, so are we allowed to repeat skills in a round? Or do you want us to each have a dedicated skill that we use? I will say if you repeat skills, they will get harder. Okay. Um, is there, because I am on the roof, Yeah. 
Is there any way that I could convince you to let stealth be my role since I'm trying, since he's being chased by a group of people and I'm separate from that group for him to not know where I am? Um, yes, but not as an opener, right? Okay. If you're, if you're going to try to use, if you're going to try to use stealth to like surprise him by cutting him off, you, you have to in some way get in front of him first okay right um there are multiple people chasing him he may not have seen you directly but if if you um so like if you climb up on top of the building the person takes off running down the road and you're like i go stealth and i go slow right you know what i mean like that's like then then it's like well yeah you lose him you know what i mean so (laughs) so i I think stealth Um, is great uh perhaps at at a later moment yeah but in this particular instance you you need something to either anticipate where they're going physically overrun them slow them down we need something along those lines um then i will uh if you want it to be a skill i will do acrobatics otherwise i do have a seeking arrow Okay. Um, with my arcane archery, where I can choose a creature that I've seen in the past minute and fire it, and it will move around corners and ignore three quarters cover and half cover. Okay. Um, and if a path, if the target is in range, which for me is six hundred feet. Yeah. Um, because sharpshooter, if it's in range and a path is available, it has to make a deck save, and if it fails, it takes some damage, which is fine. Um, and my its location is revealed to me. I will so say I precisely where it's at. I will say say you currently know its location. Save the okay. arrow in case you guys and lose just, them. Yeah, that, that's that's a great like get out of jail free uh one right there. Okay. Perfect. Then yeah, I'll just run with athletics or sorry, acrobatics. Acrobatics. Okay. Actually, you know what? Let's do this similar to the stealth uh challenge that we did in some of the other games. Uh, if I could get everybody to first roll me athletics, because we're assuming okay. you're all running in yeah. the course of this adventure, right? It was like when we were doing the stealth thing. So that's actually going to determine how many uh, potential failures you you need. And then we can get creative with some of the other stuff, right? So clever Modify stage. 20. Modify 20. Narvi. 27. Nicely done. Uh, Thosin. 21. 21. <laughs> All right. Um, treasure. 23. Yeah, nice, nicely done. Uh, anybody below a 20? No. Yeah. All right. You got four. Below it. Yeah. It's like 32. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys all have, um, you guys uh, all have a, uh, an, so four total failures instead of three. Um, we're still going to look for, uh, for like six successes. Okay. Okay. Um, so you, you guys are, are on the run, clever stitch. You are going to make an acrobatics check. Go ahead. And, um, that is a 26, 26. Yeah. You come just bounding across the, the, the rooftops here. Um, Tom Cruise parkour style, right? We're, we're just, yeah, we're, we're, we're pumping the arms. But but you're you know you're tucking and rolling and and yeah. you know uh, uh, mirror's edge for sure just <laughs> o- over things up along sides yeah all right perfect uh, Narvi what are what are you up to 
I, so I, I know you said uh, we're going Lucy Goosey, and I, I, I frankly refuse. Uh, <laughs> um, mechanically, um, yeah. how far away is he currently? So I would say just below a hundred feet. Sick. Uh, nice. Um, so let's have a little thing. Cool. So I think. Um, Uh, he is going to. I think Navi is. Sorry, I'm just trying to math uh, at yeah. two o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> Navi is going to uh, just start absolutely sprinting, um, mm-hmm. action dash, uh, action surge. Uh, he's going to misty step, um, like, and as he does so, he kind of um, he uh, essentially kind of disappears, uh, and you, you see like a puff of kind of. Um, of, of like dust as it kind of like falls to the ground and then it reappears uh, with me in it uh, 30 foot away. Sure. Um, I think that takes me to round about where he is essentially. So, so what I will say is um, let's do a perception check first because this is, let's this do. is not in a straight line, right? As you guys are running, he's running down alleys. They're turning over carts and corners. And so, so, if it was a dead sprint in an open field, absolutely, you, you'd have uh, you'd have caught him in, like that. But this is this is an urban run, so uh, I just need to know that you can at least find him to perform all of the things that you would like to. He's hoping because right. otherwise, I'm very silly after saying all of that. Uh, that is a, a sixteen fifteen a plus si- one. A sixteen fifteen plus one. So I'm going to set the. DC with uh, 2d10. Let's see how it goes. Uh, you know what, very quickly, before you do that, I sure. will use one of my abilities um, okay. to uh, knowledge from a past life. Okay. Uh, to add a, a d6 to that roll, um, just in case. Uh, that Go is for a it. fine. So, um, so 21. A 21. All right. 19 was uh, the DC. So 21 becomes a success. Uh, so what I'm going to do is that because you are burning all of those abilities, we'll count it as two successes. Um, you you pop up just sort of probably like maybe 10 feet in front of them. Um, having finished your Misty Step, you come up, you wheel about, you see sort of the the terror in, in their face. And instead of running into you, it's sort of, they sort of and just take off to, to one to one side. Just to be a dick. Sure. <laughs> um, do I get an attack of opportunity from that? Uh, do you have a reach of ten feet? Not quite. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. So, so no. Unfortunately. Luckily. Uh, but you are a hair's breadth away from them. Um. Thousand. So, they start, I'm running, or I'm continuing running. Yeah, you, and... you, were, you were chasing after them. Um, Narvi, uh, you just, like, Terminator took off, disappeared into smoke, went around a corner. You're seeing the corner. You, you see Narvi sort of block him off. The pallid elf dash, ducks around to the left. Um, what would you like to do? Do I see any alleys that lead to the left as, or sorry, yeah, to the left as well before 
the one that he's gone? Um, yeah, make me a... I'll take survival, or I will take um, investigation. I'll take either of those. Okay, we'll take the survival because not the investigation. Uh, that'll be uh, twenty, not natural. Uh, yeah, that is enough. Yeah, you see, you see, there is a um, looks like a little alcove uh, before before them, and you kind of do some mental math, and you're like, yeah, that'll that'll cut them off, and so you you turn down that corner, and uh, you're coming out just across from the pallet elf. They are freaking out at this point. They don't even know Clever Stitch is up there, but as far as they're concerned, they're being, like, penned in. So, um, when I pop, like, if I'm going to pop in front of them, mm-hmm. when I pop around the corner, um, yeah. I want to startle them to the point that I'm going to take my shield and, sm- like, slam it against the wall to make a loud ring and use thaumaturgy to make that three times as loud. Okay, yeah, it it thunders through the alley and uh and was scared already. Um, I'm going to intimidate them by my eyes are going to turn into fiery coal okay. and the ground is going to start rumbling under their feet. Okay. Yeah, make the intimidation check. Intimidation 20 not natural. Okay. Yeah, the 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 pallet elf uh, sort of stumbles, runs into some trash cans, um, almost falls, uh, being distracted by by this um, this horrifying Demon. green and and burned uh, orkling monster treasure. Uh, she hasn't stopped. She is hauling all kinds of colossal butt, and it's just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. As she's doing so, she's going to tap herself with her bolstering magic. Okay. Which will give her uh, an additional D3 to a uh, roll of either attack ability, yeah, attack or ability. Yeah. Great. So I will do an athletics because I, I think that's probably going to be my best bet is just to run them down with all 300 pounds of herself. So, so you're already running them down. Um, what I will say is that if, uh, if you're not going to try to finesse your way uh, through things, um, why don't you make me instead a strength saving throw as you just sort of minotaur pull your way through any obstacles that are that are in your in your way that sounds fantastic great so that's going to be an 11 plus 9 for a dirty 20 yeah absolutely dc of 15 on that um so you come uh you see those and you're you're following after narvi you hear the thunderous ring of the shield you are uh cutting around the corners you turn and there is um this like not a factory but a place like a distillery they've got like the big doors where like the carts come in and out uh, except they're like big swinging doors so one of them swings open just as you're you're running uh towards it and you just sort of duck your head and horn ram the door uh, back shut 
And as you're running, you just hear this, this horse, like, whinny, uh, ever so, so briefly. You do hear it kind of, but, like, you, you may have concussed the horse. Uh, but the horse is fine. The horse is fine. Um, hearing, hearing this, our, our poor pallet elf is, is now thoroughly boxed in. Um, you guys have, have completely surrounded it. And uh, they're sort of panicking, looking around. And um, Clever Stitch, you, you've, you've rooftopped your way over. You're the one that they don't know is there. Um, and what would you guys like to do? I'm going to stay where I am and just block and I'm prepared to shield master shove anyone back through that hallway. If they try to get away this way. Okay. Narvi, you are physically the closest for sure. I think I think I just uh, look at him with the sort of dead fish stare that I've been using so lovingly with everyone else, and just say, sure. um, "We're looking for um, Oaken Blade. Can you tell me where he is?" I I uh no I'm I'm I. I wish that I could. I, I, I really do. Why? Why are you scared? Um, you're all very big and very fast and very scary and very loud. Mitnavi sort of looks around and looks at himself and kind of looks back and, like, does that toddler crouch like look talking to a toddler sort of thing and kind sure, of goes sure. down yeah. goes they're looking for Kaz Oakenblade I heard you and I would I would love to tell you I I just I can't I, I, I honestly I, I can't why not I I just, I just can't. I, there's, there's not much of a better way to say it. It's, um, I, um, I'll, I'll do anything you want. Just, just tell me what that could be. I sort of get a little bit closer and say, you've met him before, have you not? Yes, yes. And you will meet him again, will you not? Um, yes. When will this be? Oh, um, was, was to be sooner, and I received directions to leave and to not be followed, uh, but I was followed, um, and so now I don't, I don't know. Where do you live? Um... I live, and he he will give you directions to where he lives. Um, it is towards the fringes of town, um, kind of on the northwest side, a, a, a decent distance from where he is now, and not the direction he was running towards. 
Um, can I inside check that, please? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Uh, 23. <laughs> 23. No, 22. I can't count. 22. Okay. Um, yeah, you don't think he's he's attempting to deceive you with this. Um, he's You don't know that he's really attempting to deceive you at all. He's scared, for sure. Um, he, he wants to kind of tell you anything you want. Um, there is a difference in the way he talks about, uh, about Kaz and, uh, compared to him, uh, talking to you about you guys being big and scary about where he lives, about giving you directions. There, there is a, there is a distinct, um, difference in, in those speech stylings and patterns. Can I actually try something, Cody? I don't know how this would work with this in particular. Let's give it a try. Uh, magical awareness on him. Okay, sure. Um, tell me about magical awareness one more time, because this is relatively new for us. It is relatively new for me, too. Yeah. Uh, until the end of your next turn, you know the location of any spell or magic item within 60 feet of you that isn't behind total cover. Once you sense that spell, you can learn which school of magic it belongs to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you activate your magical awareness and, and the sort of inherent understanding that you have of magic and you, um, cast your eyes towards the pallid elf and you focus on him for just a moment and you, you do see he is under the effects of, uh, of some form of enchantment spell. She kind of squints for a second, kind of clicking her hooves very carefully <laughs> as she's walking up towards Thosin. Yeah, he, he's hearing you click the hearing you click the hooves like his. And she still has a hand on her axe in case he decides to get funny. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys got him <laughs> penned in on three sides for. Sure, and he's, he's, he doesn't he, even <laughs> he doesn't look like he's going much of anywhere. Um, but she is going to lean over to Thosin and ask if he has anything that could dispel some sort of enchantment. Like what kind of enchantment? Just any? Well, he's got something. I don't know. It's. It's an enchantment of some sort. He's not talking right. Somebody that's normally pissing themselves this bad would have told you where they were born, what date, who their mother, father, goat, brother, and everything else was. I've been in enough Jalen shakedowns to know that. All right. Well, I'm going to walk towards him and mutter a few words in Orcish. Okay. And I'm going to cast Dispel Magic. All right. You gather the energy and you reach out. You can sort of feel the spell, but it resists. Dispel magic is not effective on on this spell. It does make you feel like it is more akin to a uh, 
to a curse. Um, or make me, I'll take either Arcana or I'll take Religion because that's where your magic comes from. Um, I'll take either of those. Religion is way better. Okay. Meh, 15. Sure. Yeah, that works. Um, so th- you magic taught to to the um, Brotherhood of Bronos and to all sort of clerics is, a, a, to my mind, conveyed in uh, in parable, right? In in sort of mythological stories. And um, you do recognize the effects of a gay spell. Um, and uh, cannot, uh, and, and the way to remove it uh, with, with that information is remove curse, greater restoration, or wish. <laughs> it is. And I would know that there's like no like limit to this thing? Um, lasts at least a month at a time. Um, if, if he goes against it, he's going to take a, a, a chunk of psychic damage. You don't know that he has enough hit points, right? He doesn't look hardy enough to, uh, be willing to risk that. If he opens his mouth, it'll literally kill him. He, um, there's just certain things he he can or cannot do, but he basically cannot go against uh, who the instructions put upon him by by the caster of the spell. Okay, I'm gonna look at treasure and be like, "This is higher magic than I currently have at the moment. I can do it tomorrow, but not today." Um, it's not so simple as just magic. It's, it's like a curse. I can either remove the curse or greater restoration tomorrow, but neither one I can do today. Oh, Rocky. he's cursed. Poor baby. And she's just like laying this on thick. <laughs> Throughout this, Navi has just been uh, like looking sort of blank stare uh, silently at this uh, at this guy kind of just twisting the neck. Mm-hmm. Just keep in mind it will cost us at least a diamond worth a hundred gold pieces. Uh-huh. Can I, while I'm up roofing, yeah. um, can I check and see uh, because he... Oh, uh, I'm so sorry. I actually realized he's under additional spell effects than than that. Yeah, that's just I think the most prevalent at the moment. So would, I pinged a few with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, would the dispel magic have dispelled any of those? You can make a make me a spellcasting ability check to. Um, To test it, yeah. Hell no, it's a seven. Plus so, your that's plus my oh, rip. <laughs> it was only not a spell it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real me. Too many, yeah, too, now sure it is. Too many twenties and abovs were rolled yeah. between the four of us. This is where the universe balances out. <laughs> <laughs> the Sopranos like wants it to there be. We go. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, no, that's that's not going to um, that's not going to do it, unfortunately. Um, and did I overhear any of that conversation? Yeah, it's out loud. It's in front of you, and I'm assuming in common. So, um, I think I will sort of having been looking at him f- without blinking for a good sort of. 20 seconds or so. Uh, uh-huh. Kind of go... Can you say anything about him? Uh, I... I mean... Yes, I guess it depends on what you want to know. Would you be able to say yes or no answers? I, I can try. You know where he lives. Um, no, no. Inside check that, please. You're, that, I, that... you're, you're fine. He doesn't. He doesn't know where he lives. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, yeah. Cool. Is he nearby? I'm not sure. Have we seen a lesser wind? In person, or you have we only have seen Tauroth's mock-up of it, which you believe to be fairly faithful, having seen the actual Greater Gale. Got it. Do you have a way to contact him? Um. Yes. Can you? Yes. And tell him. That we are looking for Cass the Ass. You, you watch as his head sort of dips, shakes, and when it rises, there is um, w- pure white in the pallid elves eyes uh, ringed in just this this slight bit of, of gold, a sort of an almondish uh, gold, not true eyes, but like pure circles. Clearly, a, a magical um, bond or possession, or, or you're generally not quite sure. But, um, well, now that's a name I haven't heard in a dog's age. How about Ascock Oakenblade? Kazkoth? Well, now that's just not terribly ladylike at all, is it? I understand. You seem to have some sort of interest in me. Unfortunately, I am at a disadvantage. I don't know who you are or what you want, but you have been apparently troubling my friend here and seem to be somewhat associated with my ne'er-do-well brother. So, what may I do for you? Go ahead, Tauroth. As soon as the ne'er-do-well comes out, just wind will slap him across the face. It, yeah, it, it just rose, rolls over it. Uh, you don't know that that, um, that cast can necessarily feel like what's inside, but he, he, you're not even sure he acknowledges it, but you feel better doing it. 
if sorry, it, what was that last question he asked? Um, he asked, "What do you want with him?" Basically, yeah, he he doesn't he he doesn't know who you guys are. Um, so his his agent basically just got like rounded up, and and he knows you know uh, he knows at least somebody here knows his brother. Um, so, all right, yes, we do know Talroth. Things have gone a little awry. <laughs> well, that's not is- a surprise. Which is why we're here looking for you. Settle some business. I don't know what business my brother seems to think I have with him. Should inform him that I am indisposed at the moment, dealing with proper family business. If he requires some form of bailout or rescue from whatever prison he may be in, he can speak with our father. And if father will not speak with him, then I know not why I should be the one to lower myself to his standards. Would you like to lower yourself six feet under and tell him that face to face, sir? I'm sorry. Are you telling me that Tal is dead? She's going to tear the bandage off her head. What the hell do you think did this to me? Well, that's the piercing bite of a mind flare. Now, what do you think would have happened if a mind flare got a hold of something half my size? There's a lot of factors involved in that, but I understand the direction you're going in. Hmm. When was this? About a day ago. Days not so long, but mind flare bites not easily recovered from. And looking at our assorted company, and he stops on Thosen kind of looks those and up and down. Huh. A few days shy of being the Monsignor, I see. <sighs> All right. Hmm. Well, come with me then. And the Pallet Elf will, will uh, walk right in between you guys um slowly not attempting to escape but with as as though you dare touch him at your own risk while he was speaking and looking me up and down can I see his expressions if he's genuinely sad about his brother's demise or you guys can i will say you can make insight checks uh uh on that at disadvantage because uh the the pallet elf is not him um and and so whatever's being communicated definitely comes through a filter of uh of fear panic and um and life threatened on on more more levels here than really 
this dude signed up for. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, that's a natural one. So that's Okay. Fine. Yeah, I tried as well, but I only got a five. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. It, it yeah, it's tough to tell. Um, is is there's definitely a shift, whether it's genuine or or just put off. You you kind of can't tell. Um, the pallet elf is going to lead you guys across the city, and we are going to take uh, our break. So we're going to be back in ten minutes, actually eight minutes, so at nine thirty-five because my clock is always off. So we are going to see you guys in just a few, but until then, please stay tuned. Come back, everybody. We are Random Encounter Productions. I'm Cody Stone. With me tonight, we have... Matthew. I'm playing Clever Stitch, the Arcade Archer Tabaxi. I'm Tom. Um, I'm playing A-Class and maybe a (laughs) half-elf, but his name is Navi. And I'm Mars playing... uh... Well, Talroth Oakenblade, the guy who's asleep. We'll go with that. He's super good at sleeping. He's sleeping. He's sleeping so hard. Uh, My name is Carlos. I am playing Frozen Fahrenheit, the half-orc tiefling forge cleric. And I'm Kez, and I'm playing Treasure Knight Crafter, the tiefling barbarian. All right, everybody. So, when last we left our adventurers, they were being led to the um, home base of Tauroth's brother, one Kazkoth Oakenblade. So, the pallid elf leads you all through the city. Paths are winding. You're not sure if the effort is to distract you, to perhaps get you lost in the city. Although, you're not sure that he's done a very good job of assessing your strengths, weaknesses, and and what all you guys are capable of. So you have to believe he would know that you could find your way back through pretty much any of this. But for some reason, still does it. Eventually, you guys are led to a um, a home. Uh, the bottom portion of it. Clearly a workshop that uh, is run and participates in a wide variety of magical research and, and experiments and things along these these lines and you can tell um it is well used well maintained well stocked and here for a wide variety of purposes. There are pipes and tubes and chambers that bubble little beakers kept at very specific it's distilling, spiraling glass that drips oddly settling. 
towards the back, past all of these apparatus, there is very comfortable leather, very refined seating area. As the pallet elf pulls back the curtain, uh, affording you all entry, see sitting there a resplendent uh, green and gold brocaded vest, sort of long sleeves and and um, tails that taper down around the legs, his legs crossed in a high-backed leather chair, a reading table to his right, uh, a, a book his left hand, um, the blonde hair, the plaited, although there's more frizz than you expected. Kazkoth, Ogenblade's eyes, bronze, slightly almond-shaped, looks somewhat like Tauroth, but you all have known elves, have known the wide variety of them. Kaz looks like he was cut from high elf stock and and not and not the average high elf either the honeyed earthen tones of the drink to his right only further complement all of these natural colors Oh, come in, my friends. Please have a seat and make yourselves comfortable, I'd prefer, rather than at home. Gesture for you all to sit. Clever Stitch is going to look to Treasure to see how she wants to kind of lead this interaction and set the tone from the beginning. Uh, she's very much going to treat it with that grain of salt that some business dealings back home were treated. So she does switch to the more like ladylike presentation of it, but still hard. And she does come in. Thank you for opening your home to us. And she takes a seat, kind of crosses her legs and leans in that like business, but understanding ma- matter watching him. Cast an eye about the rest of you. I think um, once once a couple of the others have sat down, uh, uh, Navi kind of looking at him the entire time, kind of like slowly lowers himself down, so his arm is just like on the tip of the tip of the chair, kind of like you know on his on his on the balls of his feet and the 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 balls of his ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's almost three. Uh, yeah, he, he, he sort of like hands on hands on knees, kind of is just watching um, uh, uh, Kaz uh, intently. Uh, 
I will probably stand. Okay. And I'll stand behind treasure. Uh, I'm going to put kind of like the shield on the ground and just kind of rest up against it. But I'm going to stay at the ready for any aggression just in case. Okay. I'll sit next to Narvi if there's room. There is, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> the large seating arrangements are relatively plush. They are long. You can tell that they were designed to accommodate um, probably larger species. And um, you suspect he, he's either collected them through opportunity or purely for the luxury of the additional size. Um, there is room enough for, for any and all. All right. Well, I suspect, given your organized nature, that you've come to me with some form of purpose that extends beyond the bearer of bad news, such that could travel faster through some more rudimentary spells, which I'm led to believe you would have the capacity to perform. He singles out Thosin at moment. Um, so I'm curious why you're here. What exactly it is you are prepared to ask of me. Well, first, to show you that we're not bullshitting you, she goes and she takes Talroth's journal from her pack and sets it in between them. He, um, he'll reach over and begin to, to leaf through it. He kind of gives it doesn't read, but he, you get the feeling he probably reads very fast, and he maybe could have read the first couple of pages, but he does give it a riffle. Um, Tauroth, I'd like you to roll me a percentile, please. All right, going with my actual dice, because I still don't trust a dice roller. Sure, sure. <laughs> Ninety-one. Ooh. Know whether that's good or bad. All right, it can so, go either way. It always can with me. Um, so, Taroth, actually, this is going to this is I'm going to give you some some ghostly input here. Um, your brother's rifling through the journal, right? And there are a number of pages on there in which you've journaled about the cards. I would suspect, and. You have at least pieced together that they are your deepest attachment to the material world, um, but also what what may what has pointed you in this direction. Um, is there a particular journal entry you would like to stop on? There would be one that would 
probably be closer to about a month ago, around the time that we got into Cardian. Okay. And around the time that the card, that one specific card popped up. So there would be a little sketch of what the card looked like at the time, mm-hmm. where it was the Duel of Fates versus the Duel of Swords. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of wind would probably just stop him from turning the page to stay on that one for just a few seconds longer. And it and it does. And as it lingers there, the next page sort of flops by and he thumbs it back to quickly sort of read over it. What is what does it say on that page? What information does he does he glean from it? Is there anything beyond the drawing and um, and just the the basics of what it is or what happened? Is there any commentary? I think is what I'm looking for or perspective specifically from Taroth, either in that entry or in a nearby entry, a page forward, a page back. It would be on the same page. Okay, mostly a quick little commentary note. <clears throat> okay. Sorry, I just got beard hair stuck in my throat. Oh, no. (laughs) Now, this here card popped up and definitely caught my attention. I got a little more understanding about what these cards mean, what that second half of it means, but that duel of blades, duel of swords, not even sure what to call it. Dot, dot, dot. I might be able to take him on again. Granted, the track record ain't the best, but I've learned a few things that he might not know about. Huh. Oh. I'll close the book and, and push it back to treasure. My poor brother. She takes the book back, and then she pulls out the deck of cards. He looks down at them. Narvi, I would like you to make me a wisdom saving throw. (laughs) Hey, hey. That was a nat 20. Uh, So that will be uh, wisdom. Just a 21, but a fucking 20. Nicely done. <laughs> Narvi, you, your mind begins to roll a dex through as you look at those cards. Um, but rather than convulse or, or let that overtake you in some way, you center yourself with a deep breath. Close your eyes. You open them again. The certainty that some somewhere within that deck is an answer. Maybe not the one you want. Maybe it's not within that one. Something like it. There's that's the deck. That's that's the deck that uh, treasure. That's the, the treasure just pulled out. Yeah, you weren't ante- yeah. you weren't expecting it from there. You weren't anticipating it. it. Doesn't look exactly like what you've always pictured in your mind. So, so there are differences for sure. But yeah. somehow, some way, there's a piece of that that triggers in you. But you hold that together. You don't feel mm-hmm. 
other than other than the the gathering of that you you don't force anything um you don't wig out right Cass sort of leans forward puts his elbows on his knees as he trucks his head always chasing behind Huh. I wonder. I wonder. How... How many... Little carved lips... Snaked you this. And he reaches into his... Best uses a, a similar circular deck cards. Sets it, sets it up on the table. Enough card flips where I don't think he's entirely gone. I can't explain it, but I don't think he's entirely gone. Uh, I suspect you're right. Perhaps. He picks up his deck, gives it a riffle, and with a card shark's dexterity, even as they are circular and round, they roll between the shuffles them. I apologize, friends. I'm gonna have to ask y'all to stand up for a moment. Take a step back. She nods. She takes up, of course, the cards that belong to Talroth. Stands and gives him room. As you guys step back just enough for him to have, he sort of Slides the coffee table to the side with prestidigitation. His heels press back, and his chair slides back. and And as he finishes the shuffle, he will flick and flip just a very quick series of cards out onto the floor. They land with a precision that must be magic. And as the last one hits, or speaks a few words, muttered behind his breath, until last one, elvish, manifest. Within the magical circle, you see the lines of energy trace back and forth, and then intersect, bisect, accumulate. And Tauroth, I'd like you to... Actually, no, there's no saving throw for it. You feel yourself pulled into uh, a magic circle. You are an other planar entity summoned by name and bound within uh, within the magic circle 
the, with these cards. Would there be any physical appearance to Talroth, or you? You do, yeah. I'm I'm gonna give you full like Danny Phantom. You you get you get the uppers, uh, but you got you got the genie you got the genie tail bottom. I show up like this. <laughs> well, specifically two casts, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Well, classy as ever, I see. Well, as poncy as ever, I unfortunately see. I wonder, little brother. I know you were never, let's say, the brightest star in the sky, but you are aware of your situation, right? I've I've learned a few things over the years since you've been gone. I mean, you left all most of your books behind, and I've learned a few things on the road. Plus, this city has a lot of interesting stuff to read. Very much. And uh, this little trick down here, I have an idea. Well, that's good. I didn't realize it was going to require the Ivy League education for you to know when you're dead, but I'm glad that we've reached the same conclusion. So, you came looking for me long before you got bit. Yeah, I've been searching for a while, cause <laughs> near as I can tell, good old dad was waiting for you to at least send a message back home, let him know you're all right, and nothing, nothing, nothing for years. What, you too busy for family now? You know oh. how many you know how many meals Uncle Grubbs left over because he was waiting for you to just show up out of nowhere, and just have a meal with him? First of all, father was a liar. I don't know if you're aware of that, but perhaps in his efforts to preserve his youngest son's uh, ideological purity, he forgot to mention that he was, oh, I don't know, coward, a turncoat, and a failure. But you're right, I'm the ass for not coming to family dinner. You're also the ass for making sure that I was the one who had to take care of good old one arm for all those years. Well, now as for the whole bit about him being a liar, that was going to be a question I had for you. Because especially since these cards came into my possession, just kind of motioning back to what Treasure's holding, mm -hmm. I've seen some weird shit happen. So at least answer me this. Was it the sword? Was it always there at the village? Or did you fuck around and now shit changed? It's not my fault. Oh, Rhea, here we go again. It's not your fault. How many times have we heard that? Plenty. Plenty. And trust me, I've had this deck much longer than you've had yours. It's a little more refined. And if I wanted to have rewritten history and gone home with the blade in hand. You think I wouldn't have? Well, if you've been sitting here, the blade's probably somewhere in here right now. So why haven't you gone home? Blade yellow? You too chicken? Blade's here just fine, but it needs the other half. 
oh yeah, that's right. That reminds me. There was a really big old angry centaur. Yeah, said something that uh, you killed his nephew. I, I did. I killed him. I killed him good. I killed him better than whoever did this to you, apparently, because you're still here giving me shit. Well, you're the one who came and knocked and called my name, brought me in here, so once again, it's your fault that you are getting this from me. Well, talk to your friends about it, all right? They came to my door, hand in hand, looking for something. You seem to be perfectly fine being dead. Can't even muster a a please. Kaz cough, got myself killed again. Wanna help? You know, it's kind of funny hearing the word please come out of your mouth, because I think that's the first time you might have ever even said it. You're right. I never needed your help. Hey, Treasure, can you hear me? Yeah, you can. Like, this is, this is, we're nigh on Springer levels at this point. Just, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> Treasure just cracks a couple of her knuckles, yeah? Now, seeing as how, uh, Kaz coughed here, well, he brought me in here. At least I got to start talking again, which, uh, damn, being dead is hell on the talking. What say you, we get some cards going, start flipping some stuff, and start seeing, uh, what else we can fuck up with your name, Cass? Oh, I see. That's what it is. That's what you wanted. That's what you came here for. Wanted. Wanted what Kaz has, right? Want to be the golden child. Want all that responsibility. Maybe you just want to steal my life, having lost your own. Well, now the funny thing about that, this is all still your fault. Now, yeah, I had the cards. I was sent out to go fix your mistakes because you ain't never come back. You ain't sent no messages. But guess what? When I caught wind that you were all the way over here, way past them damn mountains, I had to come find you. And guess what? Me being here is your fault. Me being in this city is your fault. Me being dead is your fault. That makes you feel better. Go ahead. Blame me. Go ahead. I understand you have some unhealthy expectations of me, as have most of the family. And you're right. I haven't called, nor have I come home, nor have I completed my mission. So, yeah, dealing with some of my own failures at the moment. But I'm giving you a chance here, Talroth. I'm giving you an out. All right? Treasure's going to take a moment. She's going to set down the deck. Mr. Kaskoff, can I have a word? Absolutely. One and more. she... He asks you to kind of wait. Tyroth, I'm going to speak with your friends for a moment. Put you in a little time out. I want you to think about this. All right? You've seen it. Just a hint. 
You don't know what these might unleash. Once in your life, I'm gonna ask you. I'll even use your magic word, please. Please. Reconsider. And with that, the magic circle goes opaque. Tauroth. Locked in a moment for himself. Can't be seen or heard. Yeah. And he... Has... Walks around. Treasure, was it? She nods. And she takes a deep breath. Holds out her hand. Treasure Nightcrafter. I know I didn't start on the best of notes. It's been an emotional day or two. I don't have a whole lot that I can rely on. I know you and Talroth don't get off on the best, and I can't say I fully understand because I don't have any siblings of my own. It's just me. But I do know he's the best friend I've ever had. It's not about blades, and it can't be sorted out with cards. It's something that can't be written. I don't know what's going to come out of this. But whatever I physically, spiritually, emotionally need to put into this to change what happened, I'm willing to. All right. What about the rest of you, all willing to risk past, present, and future for my brother? He's been willing to risk, and obviously has risked, everything for us. Yeah. And he's just like looking down and is not really looking at anybody, but that's a kid a cat without curiosity, but fine. Counts. How are you, dead eyes? I would like to see your cards. I'll kind of, kind of look at the other three with very dead eyes. I feel like it's a running theme. Um, and kind of go... Um, they followed me. I'll follow them. Sound an endorsement if ever I heard it. All right, fine. He steps... And- Back and she is yeah. she is going to try to get Cass in a better mood by telling him, did I tell you? When your brother first came across these cards, we had no idea what they had, what they were. We started playing strip poker with them. I had him going for weeks. And she does start fli- flipping through the cards with a very dexterous expertise. She's the one who taught Taloroth, after all. Yeah. He smiles and nods. 
I, uh, that tracks. Alright. He'll re-emerge Tauroth. Alright there, little brother. You have made some mighty fine friends. They are going to wager in your stead. Now this game is a dangerous one. But it is one that I will agree to play with you. Let's shuffle up and deal. Cards begin to riffle. Shuffle. Tauroth, your form lingers as the remaining cards on the floor press to digitate up. Telekinetically fold themselves into the deck. I would like each of you roll me a d20. So all five of us? All five of you. You all oh, roll one bit. d20. Big time. Got it. There's only one way um, to play it for this one. I, I, I will tell you this. I've, I've enjoyed playing with you guys. Uh, but uh, if, if, this, if this kills me, then I, I, I won't be completely happy. <laughs> I, there, wasn't, there wasn't a huge moment, but like as the cards were getting set up, Clever Stitch would have wanted to tell, um, tell Narvi, because we don't even know this man's names. That, like, you, I know that this might seem like you're being roped into a lot of stuff, but you don't have to wager anything and play this game for a man you don't know. This is serious, and I appreciate that you have tried, that you have helped us find Cass, and that you probably have some stuff, but you don't have to risk your. If whatever we have learned about these cards is true, you do not have to risk your life, your memories, your future, your past. Because these cards are not just cards. They they have changed the world around us without us realizing it before. I think this is the first time that you see anything other than a dead eye stare. As, as you start to say that, that, I don't want you to risk your memories, uh, your your future, your life. Um, I think you start to see kind of the tip of his, uh, or the the very edge of his mouth start to curl up, and he kind of. Goes, <laughs> Too late, and kind of looks down back down at the cards. Um, but but kind of I I think he looks back down at the cards and kind of brings his hand up and kind of like wet fish uh, pats pats you on the pats you on the shoulder and then puts it back. <laughs> Every everything about him is very sort of poised, apart from the very tips, which are just sort of like so so fucking wet. Gross. <laughs> Seven. A seven. All right. Seven is the card. Seven is the card of goals. Arvish. Good rolls keep coming. Eighteen. Eighteen. It's the card of history. Background. Four. Dexterity. Two. 
class. Twelve. Personality. Kaz looks at the spread. Hmm. All right, then. Taroth, you know how this is done. Assuming treasure is your mouthpiece. Begins to draw five cards off the top of the deck. Taroth, go ahead and roll your set. So it would be 4, 6, 8, 10, and 12? Yep. Okay. Tell Roth and I know how this game is played. Um... And so, here is what is up for those of you that are uninitiated. Uh, each of these represents both a mechanical or a narrative portion of a uh, of a character, right? Uh, the dice that we just rolled are essentially the values of cards that we're playing against each other. Um, winning a suit. For instance, goals be able to dictate the victory of a goal in and of themselves. Um, background um, it's your history, physical ability of dexterity, your actual character class, and personality or alignment may change. So each of you will probably represent one of that, something of that, if Cass wins in a particular suit. Okay. Um, not all are at risk. Not all are, can be won. They might all be won. They might all be lost. Tauroth, you know, looking at these, there are two... There are two cards on the table that could change your life, and it's... Enough for you to be alive. That is your background, changing your recent history, right? And the other one is your class. If you were perhaps a barbarian, more hit points. Resistant to piercing. That damage wouldn't have mattered to you. Would have changed a lot. Class might be able to do it with just a little. That critical hurt. It's over 58 hit points. You have to recover somehow. And 29 resistant. It's still few hit dice worth. Changing your history. 
recent and further. Could have put you in a different situation. Um, so it's really up to treasure, but Tauroth, you can guide her hand. Or you have the cards, actually, so it's up to Tauroth. I'm not going to actually let somebody else determine uh, what he's doing for his character. Um, Tauroth, you may play first. You know you probably need... You probably need at least three cards on those to make a big enough change. All right. Let's go ahead and... Well, the numbers that I rolled on the dice... Yeah. It came out from... Uh, from D4 to D12. Yep. Two, six, seven, seven, six. Okay. We play them one at a time. Um, we are doing the, the multiples rule. So what is your first play? I'm going to take the, the six off the D6 and move that to history history hmm. Cass plays a one under goals If you'd like to re-roll any of them, you have uh, you won some benefits of fate the last time you played this game. You can use those to re-roll anything you'd like. Could I make him re-roll anything? Uh, no, because you don't know what what he's got. So gotcha. And can I re-roll them after they've already been put, or do I have to decide it before? Decide it before. All right, I'll at least spend one of them to try to see if I get something luckier on the D12. Okay. Oh, a little better. That came out to an eight. Okay. All right, so he put it on goals. Yep. Hmm. I'll just move one of the sevens over to that one. Okay. He plays a 12 there. Those of you keeping score at home... Cass is in the lead by 13. He's got 13 on that. Tauroth has three cards left to play. At least two of them have to go on background.
I'm going to go ahead and move that eight over to the background. Okay. Eight on background. So that's goals. Sorry, that was uh, goals, background, and what was the third one again that we had on? Uh, you have two on background, one on goals. Oh, two on background, one on goals. Yep. Okay. So, the, sorry, so my six and eight are on background. Got it. Yep. Cast plays a, uh, a one on personality. I'll just slide the two over there. Okay. I hope this is at least interesting to somebody. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I'm I'm glad. That I hope that that is my that is my hope for tension, have, not for boredom. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening and I'm so intent. I'm glad. As I'm sliding that one over, I'm just going to look at Cass. So, you said you've been on on this before. How many poor suckers you got in on this? I played this game. Twelve times. Twelve? You're number thirteen. Let's see. Two cards remaining. Plays a nine. No, excuse me. Plays an eight on uh, background. That's the one you need, isn't it? That's the one that makes the difference between you living and dying. It would definitely make a big old difference, especially if, well, like I said, it is your fault that my dumb ass is all the way out here chasing after such an intelligent golden bastard. Yeah, I remember. Now, it's funny you mention that I'm the 13th one to do this. Now, just make sure my math is right. So, I have a 2 on one, 14 on another, 7 on the other one. Correct. And right now, he's beating me on background. He's beating you on goals. He's losing on background. Sorry, goals. Sorry. What was the difference again? It's a difference of six, but it's the number of cards played on the suit that determines how big the change can be. For you to go back three days, survive, would take something. Along those lines.
Do I have to ask it one question, Cass? I'm ready. What do you got? Did you even care? Care about what? You? Family? The goals? What do you think I didn't care about? Yeah, I know everyone was all up in your ass telling you how special you were, how talented you were, how good you were. Did you even care? Anybody who was behind you that might have been getting shat on on your trail? Did you even care that people kept telling me that I was never going to be as good as you? I'm sure that was tough. But you know what? No one ever expected anything of you. So you could never let them down. Could you? Alright, so I still have the one last card to play. Yep. And I know I just asked this, I'm sorry, but what were the points at again? Goals is at 7, 7 to 13. Background, you're at 14 to 8. You're leading personality 2 to 1. Alright. And he has one card left? One card left. You can, if you, I will say, as long as you win the suit, you, you can get a result that you want. I'm going to spend another point to reroll this D10, see if I get something higher than a 7. Okay, go for it. Where's it going? Well, I am... Personality, that one, it's just two to one. He doesn't seem worried about that. But yeah, the background, that's the 14 to eight right now. And then the seven on goals. Seven to 13. Damn. Because I know he already, I know he already blew his 12. So I don't have to worry about that one. I know he already... I think he also threw an 8 out there. He's played a 8, a 6, a 7, 1.
Gonna have to push you for a decision, Talroth. <sighs> yeah, I know. It's just uh, so hard to think. I know. There's many possibilities. Yeah, I'll push it to background. Okay. You play a 10 in background. You really thought I spent all those years not caring about you. You really thought I spent all those years reading, studying, working my tail off, trying to lead a village into the future, trying to secure it after it had been burnt to the ground by centaurs. You think, I did all of that just because people gave me a boy or a pat on the back. I think I did that for me. Let me ask you something, Tyroth. you had done it just for I'm curious little brother or should I say big brother and he plays it on background his total becomes 32 Taroth, you lived a very different life than what you remember. Your older brother, Cass, was never your older brother at this point. He's actually about two decades younger than you. And you had set out to acquire greater gale and the lesser. You were the one that discovered your father's deception. You came here because you heard a rumor that your little brother had chased after you. Cast the mess. You look around this laboratory and you see your younger brother on a table a wound skull the lesser wind 
piece together a replica on your back. But as you look at the cards, you know it's not your destiny to return that blade. It's not by the words of fate. It's your brothers. You all stand, and because you're attached to the magic of these cards, because you were present, because you had wagered something yourself, Cass doesn't get to change you, because he won. He got to change himself, what he experienced. Tauroth, you get to choose and change his personality. And as you're attempting to do as you're thinking of it, there is an elf. You remember from your village, it wasn't anything special. Little, um, plain, not terribly talented, but actually you're positive. Just went on to be... Local hunter. Somehow she's made it all the way across like dropped. Cass looks younger. Clothes he wears are not refined. She is looking at a a layout of, of cards. I, I don't really know what um what they're worth or what they're supposed to do. I just I knew that if I gave them to you, uh, that, that you guys would, um, Cass always loved you, and he spoke about you all the time, and he knew that, that no matter what happened, um, you would be able to, uh, to save him. <laughs> and, um, and he said, even if you weren't strong enough now, and, 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 and I see you have a cleric with you, and that's so amazing. Um... Just, like, I know a little bit of magic and I've been studying. I can keep him safe, but if I give you these, you'll, you'll come back, right? And, and resurrect him. Because all, all he ever wanted to do proud. I'm just kind of reach out and touch her hand. And just kind of cup her hands together between mine, just ignoring the cards. I will do what I can. I'm not going to make a promise. I don't know if I can keep. And as I'm saying this, I'm kind of looking around at everybody, just quickly taking in what's what just happened. You have a better idea than most because it mostly changed you. Um, the only real difference is Narvi, you followed them because some this girl found them here. Mm-hmm. You knew about the cards and <clears throat> Cass Tauroth, you, you left 
earlier, you still ended up in the same place. Your adventures are the same, even if you're a little different. Your class remains the same, but you were the older one. You received the praise. You also took on all the responsibility. But, and she asked you, I understand, I just... Um... Sweetie, I, I know this has been very trying, but just to make sure I do have it perfectly clear and just written down, please tell me your name again. Serift? Excuse me, I used a Sarah in the last arc. Let me change that name. Um, Trinit Serift. Trinit Serift. Yes, okay. used to call me. Just burning that down real fast. Give me a yeah, second. You're fine. Go for it. Would you prefer if I called you Trini? No. No. No, no, no. That's, um... His name for me was Tally. He used to yell it when he would go into battle. Tally-ho. Yeah. Everyone yeah. made fun of him for it all the time, and he just refused to stop. He wouldn't stop. I begged him. Begged him every time. He was a stubborn old ass, that Cass. She looks at you like, like she's never heard that. Cass was my name for him. We, we liked having uh, these pet names for each other. It was our own little brotherly secret. That's nice. But like I said, I don't want to make a promise right now that I don't know if I can keep. But I will do this. I will say this to you. If and when it is in my power, I will try to do what I can. It might take some time. I like I said I I don't know. It's okay. It's when, okay. But he's not going anywhere. And um, he waited for him. I will too. Just don't make me take him home. That's. I have a thought on that, but at least for now, you look like you need to get some air, just take a breath, maybe okay. get a drink. Yeah. Why don't we just not stop this, but just we'll put a pause on it. Yeah. There is an awesome little dwarf of a chef with a pet, pet badger. Okay. He makes some amazing food. Good. His name is Grizz. Okay. 
just yeah. Uh, yeah just, just tell them just tell them Talroth sent you and you need some good home cooked food whatever you say whatever you say I believe you so we'll get some food we'll continue this discussion later I will see about handling Kazkoth's yeah I can, I can keep him reposed. I know how to do that. I, I can keep him from going too far. But, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter if, if the, if the magic's strong enough, then. Anyway, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go get food. You told me to go get food, so I'm gonna go get food. Um, uh, alright. Thank you guys. Thank you all. Thank you. Um, um, and he, and she, thank you, Clever Stitch and, and Treasure and um, Thosen. Thank you so much. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put any pressure on you. Um, and and you, um, Mr. Narvi, um, really nice to meet you. And, and she, she tries to kind of shake your dead fish hand. Um, and then she, she skitters out. trying to keep my composure until she leaves and just reach out to carefully sort the cards back, but my hand is shaking. Just Your cards fold together tremendously easily. Cass's cards, whenever you reach for them, shift away. You can't touch them. You already have a deck. Your fate is written in that one. Narvi, uh, make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, you seriously, genuinely won't believe this. That's a fucking uh, unnatural 20. You... There is an instinct inside you. You know that those are yours. I believe you. Um, you you resist you you are able to resist the compulsion to like golem them, right? Like like they they don't you, you don't have to like precious right? But you're like, yeah, this is this is what this is. These are mine now. And to clarify, uh, the the ones that that are mine were Kaz's. Yes. Okay. Um, with that knowledge, uh, I think the, the override the the thing that overrides that um, I think is is seeing the 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 handshake from from uh, from Tal, and I think um, I think Navi goes closer and kind of kind of puts like goes to put a gentle hand on the trembling hand of Tal and kind of says um the passage is tough and kind of pats the hand twice um and looks pointedly at you for a second and then 
eyes kind of go dead for a bit, uh, dead again, and he goes to sort of, he, he shuffles off and shuffles the cards uh, into a pile. <clears throat> and kind of looks at everyone and kind of just walks to the corner of the room. <laughs> After trying to hold it together for way too long and seeing that Talroth is okay, Treasure finally actually just breaks down in tears. Because we remember what happened. You do. There is, okay. there, there is an because you because you all remember because the cards were were on there. Mm. Um, you because you were a part of this game, right? Um, as far as like Saride knows, Tauroth never passed. She made her Ooh. change. Specifically for Grizz. For Grizz, yeah. Right? Um, as far as Fable and, and Sorak are concerned, they, you know, they yeah. they only know that this girl came and asked for Tauroth. Uh, question, would Treasure still have the scar then? You were at that fight. You did get okay. bit. You do have that scar. Yes. Okay. So one small question for a clarification for me. Yeah. Am I sitting where Cass was sitting? No, you were not. Because your timeline, as far as when you arrived in the city, remains the same. The they This um, is no longer Cass's. The furniture has changed. Everything that he was doing has changed. He never owned this place. They essentially just used it to, like, after, after the Mind Flayer... Um, and like at his brain, which was a separate mm-hmm. event. She's been here, gentle reposing. Waiting. Yeah, oh. trying trying to he they got in town maybe a day or two after you guys coming looking for Talroth. He got his brain at in the meantime while Screebers was on the mend, right? Mm-hmm. And she's been looking mm-hmm. for you instead of you looking for for him. So this is more like a fantasy Airbnb at this point. Um, kind of like she, she probably paid off the dude upstairs. Like, yeah. you know, there, there's, yeah, this is, this is more like a guy had a seller and was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take money if you want to put stuff yeah. in it. I won't ask a lot of questions. Sure. All right. And I'm guessing there is a table with a cloth covering it with. Yeah. Oh, he's not, he's not covered. You, okay. you, you have already inspected him. As far as you remember, when you didn't believe her, and she showed you, and and you you knew, you've had the initial memory of of seeing your dead younger brother, and it was a conversation that followed, in which she puts out the cards. And it is a little bit of a hiccup. It's a glitch in the matrix, right? She doesn't, there's not a lot of reason, but as far as she understands, Kaz instructed her that if this happens to him, find Tally and show him the cards Mm. and tell him, tell him what happened. All right. Seeing all that. So, Trinit is already off to get some food. Yeah. Uh, 
you, you guys mind just just give me a couple minutes? Just I just need to just just one last chat with him. Treasure nods. She's still an absolute wreck, but she's pulling herself up onto her feet, just kind of just making kind of, her way out. I'll grab Treasure's hand. No, you stay, please. Thosin. Okay. You have a small difference today. You prepared to speak with dead. Okay. I uh, don't remember doing this, but I have some spells prepared. If you'd like me to cast them, such as being able to speak with him one last time. Well, w- w- would it be a would it be a him talking to me, or would it be talking sorry, through you? Uh, would it be just kind of talking through you, or would I talk to him directly? Uh, that that's when I'm not too familiar with how it works. I am bringing it up now. Speak with dead. He there's a certain number of questions you can ask. Um, he hasn't been dead yet. It's within ten days. You're good there. Um, he knows what he knew in life. Answers are usually brief, cryptic, or repetitive. He's under no compulsion to be truthful. Um, and doesn't return to the souls of the body. It's only animate. It's a it's animating spirit. Um, thus, the corpse doesn't learn new information. Um, five questions for casting. Sorry about that. Wi-Fi glitched out. For it's like good. Last minute. Yeah, I, I threw you a curveball. Thank you. <laughs> but I wanted you to be involved tonight because because you didn't get to cleric much, and I want you to. It's all good. So uh, technically. Uh, Thosin is asking the questions. But I will ask word for word what Talroth will ask me to. Of course. I think just very quickly before any of this happens, uh, the first time that um, that Talroth uh, asks whether he can have a minute, uh, I think uh, Navi is about to put the first card down and sort of looks up and kind of gets up, uh, kind of, you know, raccoon, uh, raccoon handles the, the car, sort of like walking out. And as, as he, as he goes past, um, the, the body of Kaz, I think he kind of stops for a second, looks around and like, looks at his, um, his head, um, and like on his leg, just kind of, uh, with his, with his finger, just, uh, scrawls a, a small, uh, rune of peace and kind of, um, carries on, Carries on, sort of like trundling out of the of the room. Okay. And clever stitch is also gonna leave. Okay. I don't have that uh, choice. Uh, before stitch leaves, um, you mind keep an eye on him because uh, I, I, I'm not too sure what kind of lingering effects might come off of those. Well, that's his fate to decide, not yours. But I will do so, and he will just go outside. Thousand. 
I didn't say anything. Thosen, that's your cue to cast speak with dead. I think we're I think we're waiting for you to do this. Oh, you, to, oh, to say oh. the words so that <laughs> I I cast speak with dead. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where my brain went for like two seconds. You're okay. It happens. It's also one of those weird D and D things. So we've all established this is what we're gonna do, right? Yeah. I thought we were just until, doing it. Until you say you do it, like, I, <laughs> you know. Okay. Um, Thosin does perform the task. It is it is a short spell. Um, plenty of slots. And Kaz's animating spirit does return to to the body. And Tauroth, for the first time, you hear the hollow jug bar, jug band. his wound. Why'd you do it? Ah. Oh. Why didn't you tell me nothing? Mighty sweet on you. Hate to see pretty little thing like her cry too much, and I'll squeeze Treasure's hand. Do you want to come back for her? Would so clearing up the question? Would you be willing to come back for her? I realized that was probably more cryptic than I intended it to be. Yes. He's trying to go with an affirmative. He likes having a girlfriend. It's nice. Two more questions. 
you know as well as I do, it's going to take some time to be able to muscle up that kind of magic to bring you back. But in the meantime, what do you want me to do? I know there is a ton more I want to say to you and I need to say to you, you damn bastard. I just can't bring myself to do it with Trinit. Trini, as she was telling me that you called her. But is there anything else that you want to say to me? Well, we got this one last chance. Because before you answer, you dumb son of a bitch, I fucking loved you. Whether you knew it or not, I loved you. And I would follow you into hell if I had to. body but you know my things um Tyroth you have a long minute put yourself together and unless you guys have any other business I believe that is where we are gonna end before we do right I'm gonna look at Talroth and say you know I have the ability to bring him back. Um, Thosin? Not yet, because he doesn't have a brain. Once he is complete and back to one body. Yeah, you you, you need to be able to cast level 7. That That's when you can bring him back. And his we brain need the materials. It. His brain got it. I, uh... I will say there there is one, there is maybe one thing you could do, which is reincarnation. Yes, you could reincarnate him right uh, now. No, that's a druid. That's a druid spell. Is it? Yep. I'm just kidding. I can try something <laughs> new. Okay. The only strong enough. <laughs> Tell I'm so sorry. The only other thing you can do is divine intervention. I can attempt to do that if you'd like. I will reach out to Branos and pray and say no family's history is ever really perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect family. Look at mine and look at the story that I have been through. But love 
is always worth salvaging. Sometimes in the most unexpected places you find it. And I think of Saride and I reach out. Can you do anything to this specific love? I would... They deserve to have love the same way that I have found mine. Taroth, I need you to roll a percentile to roll a 10 or lower. And once the roll happens, I will oh. just... Uh, sorry. Who wants to roll it? Tauroth or Thosin? I am more than happy with him rolling it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's it's fine. His, his love, his fate. Yes. That that was very unfortunate because you you're my T you're my T named boys, and I was like, oh yeah, the cleric. Like, ah uh, no, what? Uh, I apologize. Wrong it was a happy accident. Wrong Mr. All right. T. So I'm gonna roll it, keep my hands up, and then take a picture right away. Sounds good. Let's do it. So getting my camera ready. Unfortunately, in this distant land, far from the temples and homes of Bronos, perhaps exhausted, having recently answered Saride's prayers, um, you feel, you hear the ringing in the distance. It sounds like anvils, like hammers falling upon anvils. Then you realize it's the evening chimes of the seven bells that guard Cardian. As Thosin is doing this, I'm just going to carefully take a small knife and just cut off a little bit of Cass's hair. Mm-hmm. Small little lock of it, just kind of tied up. Mm-hmm. And just carefully put it away. All right. That is where we are going to end for this evening. Um, thank you guys so, so much for playing. I'm sorry. Some people didn't get to, to do a whole lot. Um, uh, Tom, I hope you enjoyed your, your first, uh, night here at disasters in danger. Are you kidding? We already we already changed the reality of your your, your campaign. I mean, like, what have I welcome to uh, Endgame? And also, welcome to the chaos. This is hey man, we we, we swing for the fences all day, every day. Endgame. So, uh, oh no, you guys aren't at the end game. No, nah, no. don't even no, don't no, even no, care. No, but the timeline has been altered a little bit. It has, yeah, it has. Just enough. Just enough. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good game. I, I um, thank you guys so so much for playing. We will see you guys next time. Oh, thank you for the goodness. All right, so uh, we'll see you guys next time. But until then, be cool. <laughs> <laughs>